Come, Lord Jesus. Come and fill us with thy divine presence. Fill us with thy grace and thy truth. Fill us with thy word and thy beauty. Fill us with the gift of thy love. Come, Lord Jesus. Our King and our Savior draweth nigh. O come, let us adore him. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. I believe that the great litany in procession is a wonderful and important part of our life as the church. I look forward to doing it, and we do it twice a year, on the first Sunday in Advent and on the first Sunday in Lent. So important is the great litany that it was the first element of liturgy to be translated from the Latin into the English following the English Reformation. And when we do the great litany in procession, we are reminded that the church is a mighty army of God journeying through the world, in the midst of the world, proclaiming Christ, calling all people to repentance. And we follow a particular order because we are to bring order into the midst of a disordered world. I know my life is disordered. And so I pray to God to bring order into my life. We follow a certain order in procession as a reminder that God desires to bring order to us. And we go over this order before the service to make sure we get it right. It's called in the Latin, the pretzel. We process down, to the right, to the right, to the right, over, to the right, to the right, to the right, and then back up we make literally a pretzel. And it's important because we are a mighty army. But we must remember that God has entrusted this mighty army, this mission to bring order into a disordered world, into the hands of people who are often disordered. And so, and I have Bob's permission to pick on him, I would like to thank Bob for all the disorder that he brought to the litany in procession today. We conspired together, we conspired together unbeknownst to the two of us in order to make this point that even we, the ones to whom God has entrusted the order, often are disordered ourselves. Bob went from page two to page four, forgetting that there's a page three. Sometimes our disorder, however, isn't as small as that, skipping from two to four. Sometimes it is even in the essentials of the faith that we make our blunders. Like mentioning two of the three persons of the Holy Trinity in the beginning. 
where we didn't implore God the Father to have mercy upon us. And so I now implore you, Bob, <laughs> and all of us here. But this was wonderful. I immediately went over to Bob in, in great thanksgiving because this was thrown on, on him, and I think that overall he did a great job. But I said, this is wonderful. God is working all things for good because this fits perfectly into my sermon. And Bob is such a good disport, he said, please use me. We are called to come to order in our disordered lives. Raise your hand if your life feels like it's perfectly in order and there's no disarray and everything is going just beautifully. Praise God, Kathy. But, yeah. but for the rest of us, life is often disordered. And so Advent is a time when we are called to repent, to turn around, to face the right direction. On our way home yesterday, our eight-and-a-half-hour drive home from Virginia took about ten hours because we kept getting off the highway for, I have to go to the bathroom. Or... Or... I'm hungry, or I'm thirsty, or we're out of gas. And every time we got off, I would be looking to make sure that when I, because I was so tired, that when I got back on, I was heading the right way. Am I on 81 north or south? Because I don't want to call the rector's warden tomorrow and say, I wish you a very blessed advent, I'm in Florida. I wanted to be sure I was heading the right direction. Advent is the beginning of the church new year. And God is saying, people, turn around. Begin heading the right direction. Confess your sins, everything that was before, and I shall forgive you. And come to me. Repentance does not mean going from being a grievous sinner to being perfect. It simply means heading the right direction. We got to get it together. We got to be in right order. And only God can bring us that order. And so on this first Sunday of Advent, the first thing I'm doing is calling all of us as God's people, and this includes me, to come to order. Seek first the kingdom of God and trust that all things then shall be added unto you. But to seek the kingdom of God, we must be facing the right way. And so, use this time in Advent to turn from sin in the world and to focus your heart on the Lord. So how do we do that? Well, over the next four Sundays of Advent, we will be discussing just that. How is it that we can find order out of disorder? How is it that once we turn and are facing the right direction, we can grow in our relationship with God? Today I want to look at one aspect 
of moving from disorder to, to order by turning around and moving into a greater relationship with God by understanding love. Now, I just spent with my family the Thanksgiving holiday with uh, Christine's side of our family. And one of my nieces, she's 15 years old, Mackenzie, who I'm going to make listen to this sermon because it's now recorded and placed on the, uh, the website. Uh, she said to me, well, I got a question about, you know, Catholics. Why is it that you have to take tests about what you know about God? You know, kids go to catechism and they take tests and you got to learn all this stuff. All you need to know is that you love Jesus. That's all you need to know is, I love Jesus. Now, in one sense, Mackenzie, since you're listening, I want to stress once again, you are completely wrong. <laughs> the reason is that what, if I was entering into a covenant relationship with Christine, and I said, Christine, I don't need to know anything about you. I just need to know that I love you. That's not going to be a very healthy relationship, is it? To just to say, I love her, she loves me, we're a happy family. <laughs> there has to be something of much greater depth than that. We must spend our entire lives getting to know one another more fully. And to grow in love by growing in our knowledge of one another. And so it is with God. Yes, we are called to love him, but we are called to grow in our knowledge of him that we may love him even more deeply and more fully. This is the call of Advent. Turn around. Come out of the disorder of your life. Receive forgiveness. Grow in your knowledge of me, <clears throat> says the Lord. But now on the other hand, Mackenzie, you got it just right. You got it perfectly. Because the Bible tells us that even if we have faith so great as to move mountains, if we have not love, we have nothing. Mackenzie was reminding me of the very first and most important thing. And that is that we have to have love. If we have all knowledge of God, but we have not love for God, and if we do not have the love of God within us, then we have nothing. In our second lesson today, the letter of St. Paul, the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 13, beginning at verse 8, it says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. Owe no one anything except to love one another. That is, God is saying to us that we are in debt to one another and to, to respond to this debt, we must bestow love upon one another. We must see one another through the lens of love. When we are struggling, 
We are to see that person who is struggling through the lens of love. When we rejoice with another, we are to rejoice with them because we rejoice with them in the Lord who is love. We must put on love like a cloak that is wrapped around us. We are to love one another with the very love that has been poured into our hearts. The love of God. Now, to be able to do this, to truly love one another, we must first have the real McCoy. There's a lot of counterfeit love out there. There are a lot of things that are disguising themselves as love. My mother-in-law always says, you can't love something or someone unless it can love you back. There's a lot of truth to this. There's a lot of wisdom to this. Because love is something that is to be exchanged. We are to bestow love and receive love so that love becomes a dance between us as God's people. But we must have the genuine thing. We must have the real McCoy. To have this, we must have the love of God. Any other kind of love is counterfeit. It's not real. At best, it's a distortion of the real thing, the love of God. The scriptures tell us that God is love, and so we must seek God and have the heart of Jesus become for us the source of love for one another, for ourselves, for our brothers and sisters, for our family, for our friends, for the stranger. For if we have the love of God within us, we will find that we cannot judge one another. Rather, we will encourage one another to walk in the ways of God, not out of judgment, but out of love. We will find that love covers a multitude of sins. We will see in others people like ourselves, broken, fallen, struggling, who need love, not condemnation. We are to love one another. We owe it to one another, God says, through his word. But we must have the real thing. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. Amen? Amen. Amen. That is, we are to pray every day, Lord, you are love. Bring your love into my heart and so fill me that your love may overflow from my heart into the hearts and lives of others. The stranger, the person who has hurt us, the person who drives us crazy, 
to the person to whom God is calling us to share the good news of his son, Jesus. God is love. Therefore, true love is only found in the heart of Christ. We must ask for this love to be poured into our hearts and to overflow from us into the lives of others. And if God so loved us that he sent his Son, the very Son of his love, into the world, who has shown us forgiveness, then we must now show that love to others, that they may know the love of God. Do you think this world needs any more counterfeit love? Do you think this world needs anything but the real McCoy? This fallen, broken, sinful, hurting world needs that love of God which can only come from the heart of Jesus. When you bring the true love of Jesus into the life of another, you have become for them truly an icon of Christ. I love that passage so much I'm going to read it again. It begins with 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. Can you tell I've been hanging out with Baptists for the last few days? I got the Bible out here. Verse 9, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. This is part of what it means to, be, to get ordered, to come to right order, to turn from disorder, to receive love, to share love. 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 3. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that takes away the burden from loving others as we have received love, from forgiving others as we have received from forgiveness, in sharing the good news as we have received good news, in having joy that overflows as we have received joy. The burden is removed when we love. When we love. If I had not loved, I could have said, what's wrong with Bob? There's three persons of the Trinity. Bishop Harvey tells a great story about Bishop Legg, former bishop of Newfoundland, long gone now, may he rest in peace. And this young altar server was his chaplain. And the bishop, bishop leg came over and he bowed his head down to have the mitre placed upon his head. And the young boy, serving as chaplain, so nervous to place the mitre on the bishop's head, placed it on his head backwards so that the 
The two ribbons in the back were coming down his face. And the boy became horrified, and he, he said, Oh, let me change it. And Bishop Legg said, Leave it that way, that everyone may see how much of an idiot you are. It wasn't very loving. You see, that, for a moment anyway, he had not love. And he became judgmental. Verses turning around and saying, do you know what these ribbons stand for? That every bishop is under the authority of God's word. The Old and New Testament. And maybe for today I need those right before my eyes. You see, love changes everything. Love will change the world, but we need the love of God. Romans 5, verse 5. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in... I'm sorry, that's Galatians. That's a good one, too. I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> Read it anyway, that people may know how much of an idiot you are, yes. Here's one that's much more wonderful. <laughs> Romans 5, 5. And hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Amen. 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 God's love. So let's review. Today's the first Sunday of Advent. It is the new year. It is a chance anew to turn from our old selves and to embrace Christ. Remember, repent doesn't mean going from being a grievous sinner to being perfectly holy. It means just turning around and facing the right way. Number two, we all live disordered lives. Even we, the church, who have been called to bring order into a disordered world, often find ourselves out of order. But God is saying, come to me, and I will heal the disorder within you. Next, is we are to love one another. We owe it to one another. But to share true love, we must have the real thing. That is, we must have God. Because God is love. The world doesn't need a counterfeit love. It needs the love of God. And that love of God, as it says in Romans 5, 5, has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So let your journey today, let my journey today, home toward God, begin with love. Because while Mackenzie may be wrong that love is all you need, just I love Jesus, that's all I need to know, don't confuse me with anything else, she is right that it begins with love. And that if we don't have that in the beginning, all the knowledge of God, 
and all the faith in the world and all the good works that we do mean nothing if we have not love. And so open your hearts. Pray for me that I would open my heart to the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. Let's keep heading the right direction as a church family, because at the end, we will find God waiting for us, saying, well done, good and faithful servants, for you've taken what I gave you, and you bore much fruit. By the way, I love you. God loves you. Amen.